Hi there. You're listening to Capricorn Rising Inc., the podcast exploring the intersection of intuition and business. I'm your host, Alex Kaola. I'm an intuitive executive and business coach. On this show, we talk to professional intuitives and those who integrate their intuition into traditional corporate roles about the special sauce that makes each one of us successful. We cover topics like manifesting your dream job, discovering your zone of genius, creating meaningful business branding, and of course, the astrology and human design underneath it all. P.S. Capricorn Rising Inc. is the podcast formerly known as Intuition Calling and the business formerly known as Hypresis of Brooklyn. Hey, if Kylie Jenner can rename her child after 16 months, let's normalize rebranding our business too. Stay in touch with us at Capricorn Rising Inc. on social media and our website. And remember, a Capricorn Rising Tide lifts all boats. Let's start the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Capricorn Rising Inc., the podcast that sits at the intersection of intuition and business. I'm your host, Alex. It is a dreary, rainy morning in uh, what is a magical time in New York City. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time everywhere, <laughs> but it is also Christmas time in New York, and it um, it's a really special time. Um, I have a very close friend on the podcast today, and I'm very excited for you all to meet her as well. So there's something nostalgic about Christmas time. There's something nostalgic about, you know, just chatting with a friend. And uh, it's my friend Carly Catalana. We go way back. We actually went to high school together. We went to an all-girls Catholic high school in Rochester, New York. Uh, we were a grade apart. I won't tell you who's older. You can probably guess. <laughs> or I don't know, actually. I mean, I think once you get into your 30s to like what the differentiation of of any age doesn't really matter. Like, are you 31? Are you 36? You know, I feel like there's not a huge difference. Well, maybe 31 to 36, but I digress. Um, so Carly is one of those people that she's a connector. She's lived in New York for a while, a, lo- a little longer than I have, I think, uh, cause she went to college here And so over 10 years, you know, super immersed in the culture. And she's one of those people that if you're going through something, you would tell her and she'd be like, oh, you got to talk to this person or I have somebody who can help you with that. Or, you know, you're dealing with something um, internal, external, doesn't matter. She usually has a resource. And we were talking the other day. Um actually after I got Botox at a Botox event, (laughs) a detail you didn't know you needed. And we were at like the cafe at the Standard East Village and she's in a transitionary moment and she has been in multiple transitionary moments in the last few years, primarily around um, getting pregnant. And so she's been through fertility struggles, pregnancy loss, and now she's like in maternity leave 
after her second daughter, two healthy daughters, um, you know, in her family now, her and her husband, Phil, so happy for them and their growing, um, again, household. But like we were having a really honest conversation about just what that looked like for her being the connector or the person who has their shit together, for lack of a better word, at work with friendships, with her relationship. And like she felt like she couldn't be fully honest or tell everybody in her life about what was truly going on. So she was on like social media and the Internet and in a dark place that made even was made even darker. And I thought that is the most relatable. It's got to be one of the most relatable things, right? Like this idea that we have to keep all of our facade intact while we're going through something so shitty and hard and you don't know um, when the light at the end of the tunnel is coming. So that's because she's made it through to the other side and she has numerous resources on how she was able to do that. I wanted her to be a resource for all of you. She's also fantastic at what she does. She's a marketer. She's been an entrepreneur. So she's worked at huge companies and companies of one. Um, Her husband is also the co-founder and co-owner of a streetwear brand in New York City called Reason. Amazing. I love their stuff. And he's been at it for like 20 years. She's been with him for you know, almost 15, I think at this point. So they, so power couple, yes, but also like went through the ringer. And so I just love, I mean, being human is so interesting, right? But I just love these stories of resiliency and to also hear some relatable things about how going to work actually saved her in her words and how winning in a corporate sense, um, even if it's an illusion was helpful while she was going through these struggles. Um, you know, we need wins (laughs) and how she learned to change the channel, as she says, on the lower, you know, blame and guilt and shame Uh, vibrations that she was tapping into on a regular basis when she was going through her fertility struggles and learning how to train her brain to attune to higher frequencies, Um, you know, loving herself through that, um, forgiving herself through that. So just a beautiful conversation. Um, Carly also in her transition, in her transitionary moment, I would say right now while she's you know, kind of really sitting pretty, deciding what she wants to do next. She's employed me to help her look at her chart, both of her charts, her astrological and human design chart to kind of help her navigate that. So leaning into her strengths, which you'll hear in this podcast, owning that, you know, feeling really confident about those strengths and feeling like you can tackle an interview process, tackle kind of the the navigation because we do have choice. And while we get farther in our career and we think there's only so many options for me to do, I was just talking with my friend and client yesterday on this. Um, that's like 
a programmed thought, you know, like that's like not necessarily true. There are numerous different ways to go about your next step. And all of the ways require you to figure out what brings you joy and lean into that more, you know, and really bring about flow. Um, and the conversation that I was having yesterday and the, we, we had this conversation with Carly too. Like we're really wired to kind of fix the problem, fix what's wrong. You know, we hyper-focus on what's not working and we think that doing that will fix the problem. We've been taught that. We've been um, reinforced that that is the right way to do it, right? And the reality is, paradoxically, that's not the way. That's the opposite of what we want to do when we're in struggle. So the thing... And this is, you know, for everybody listening, if this is where you're at, you know, start to, we did this yesterday in, the, in my session, little, you know, peek behind the veil, like write down what you love about your role. This can be intangible things. This can be tangible things. Like I love doing the expense report and I also love my meeting with my boss. I love like helping people. I love um, presenting. I love, um, you know, teaching people really start to like comb through what's working and then is there a way that you can start to really lean into that and not right away but start to fire yourself from the things that not only do you resent but you might not even be that great at typically they might be one and the same you know um and we don't all have that luxury of just simply stopping things that we don't want to do like I can't just stop keeping track of my expenses for taxes, for tax purposes, right? But I can employ somebody to help me, which I do, two people actually, and I can look at it differently as as a uh, practice that needs to happen in my business for it to keep, you know, for me to keep the lights on, for me to keep legitimate. So I won't go off on that tangent. You know where to find me if you want to do this work with me. <laughs> But I hope that this conversation is meaningful and resonates with you. Um, if this is where you're at, then Carly and I and everybody who you know has that empathetic lens is totally here to support you. Please remember that you have people to reach out to in your family. You have people to reach out to when you're feeling isolated and you don't have to keep up the facade. While it might help you, in a short-term sense, does catch up with you at a certain point. So um, cheers <laughs> to all of the resilient people out there who have gone through crazy stuff and are here to tell the tale. And may we all be able to sit in a position to share that. So thanks again for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. I had taken a small social media break. I think, did I mention this no. to you? I, um, I took a, a breather for about a month. Um, and I don't want to say I was completely off. There would be moments where I would log in on my desktop or, you know, go on my browser. Cause I took Instagram off my phone. I took TikTok off my phone and this idea of collective think and group think, Obviously, there's been a lot going on in the world and we don't have to touch on that. But 
I was finding myself getting really, really dark, depressed, like in, in a place where I felt like it was hard for me to function as a parent, as a partner, as a person from just being online. So in this period of time, I'm like, you know what? I don't need it. It's not serving me. And it was really a powerful moment um, for just, you know, thinking about groupthink, thinking about how we pass energy. I was for just a minute not receiving the energy from mostly strangers, you know, especially the way Instagram's algorithm is. But um, I wasn't so affected. It wasn't I wasn't starting my day or ending my day with someone else's thoughts and feelings. And since then, what do they say? It takes three weeks to make a habit. I put Instagram on a different um, page on my phone and I'm finding myself not logging in as much and making the time a lot smaller. So it changed a habit, which is really good. But all this to say, it, yes, it, it, I think, and I think we pass energy through the phone, um, you know, just like anything. 100%. And I think that there's a couple different interesting things to touch on there, which is one, you know, the get it, getting up and getting right into a current of energy instead of really figuring out where you're at. And, you know, all of the major um, doctors and scientists and like meditation uh, consultants, and I'm thinking of like Dr. Joe Dispenza kind of like tout this in all different ways. Um, but the idea that you need to ruminate in your own energy before you can kind of do anything else productively. And um, you're right, like we're not wired in that way. Um, and two, you know, somebody who's like very apt on social media as you are and have been a consultant for people and have been, you know, kind of immersed in the algorithm and kind of figuring things out and how to game the system. It's interesting that even someone like you is saying, you know, look, it's it's not healthy for me to be on it all the time. It's just kind of proves the point. Um, um, I think like a time that I can point out of, you know, it would have been valuable for me to take a break from, from social was really, um, you know, my struggle to having a family, which I know you know about as my friend. Um, but it was something that I was keeping completely to myself for the most part. Um, and, but I was using social media in such a weird way. Um, I would go on it and obviously get upset when, not when I was seeing other people at different times, but just feeling like I collectively wasn't where I needed to be. Mm. That was probably like the biggest thing, which probably falls into my um, my chart, which we'll talk about. Um, but then the other part of it was I was using it as like a WebMD almost where I was kind of, I was doing hashtag miscarriage, hashtag multiple miscarriage. And I was trying to find stories of other women who had gone through something like me, which there were people that I found and saw who I felt were, um, you know, they were good follows and they were helpful. But ultimately what I've realized is it's such an individual situation and circumstance. You truly cannot compare yourself to anyone, which is what I've said to you um, and to other friends that I almost am fearful of ever talking about it because I don't want to scare people um, in this idea that what I went through is going to happen to them. Um, 
So, you know. I appreciate you saying that because you're right. The comparison feature of these social media apps are almost by design for people to all feel like they're not doing enough, you know, Instagram versus reality. We all know cognitively that it's not real life, but yet when we're in these low points, we're scrolling or maybe the scrolling is contributing to the low point. Actually, (laughs) studies say that that's true. Um, you know, that kind of brings you down into this lower vibrational funnel where it's fear-based, you're looking, you're seeking, you're trying to get some sort of validation for yourself to kind of pull you back up, but it's a kind of a futile effort. So, you know, I can't imagine feeling isolated on the one hand anyway, feeling like you can't reach out to the people who would, you know, unequivocally support you because you don't want to go there for whatever reason, which I totally understand. You think, oh, well, maybe it's a little bit easier to connect to a stranger who doesn't know me at all. And yet that can have the adverse effect too. So it's just like kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Completely. I feel like I learned a lot of lessons in that time. And I think one of them is to, to your point completely, I have the most amazing group of women Um, all from different walks of life in my life and family that would have been there for me. And I don't know if it was pride or embarrassment or a combination of both, but it was just inside of me that I could not, I needed to continue to move forward in a way where I felt like I was, you know, I was doing just fine. It almost maybe was helping me believe that things were okay by kind of allowing things to feel completely unchanged to like the people closest to me. So that way I didn't have to face the reality um, that was going on that was taking up so much headspace. <laughs> I, I look back on it and I'm and I think my friend actually just pointed this out to me. There's a study that women who are struggling or have these struggles think about it 22 hours out of the day. Oh my God. Like even in our dreams and I can relate. I can relate. So So speaking of that fertility journey for you, I do know it as your friend, but you are also, you know, I think to be fair, yes, you're doing it at the same time as presenting this facade of being okay on social media, but you're also doing it, presenting this facade of being okay at work in your relationship, you know, with relationships in general. Um, What was it like for you to deal with that while you still had to get up, go to work, you know, kind of put on that brave face there too? That's a great question. I think that actually, that part of it, when you just brought up work, um, work, I think in a lot of ways saved me, I think, um, or at least saved that day to day because it was a distraction. Um, in hindsight, it would have been nice to maybe let work know, like, you know, maybe I needed more support or, um, but then the other part of it is we are creatures of, um, you know, we like our routines and I didn't want to take away from my routine. And I think this like point of pride and being strong, going to work every day, traveling for my job, which at that time was such a big part of my role was getting on the road. It allowed me a little bit of an escape, but there was actually one time, I think it was when I was pregnant with Blake. Um, 
I actually, I think I just found out I was pregnant with Blake and I went to the fertility clinic um, that I had been going to like in my miscarriages to get my blood work done. And I looked around the room and we've talked about this. I, I didn't do IVF, but I had a lot of work done and I, I froze my eggs. So this was a place that like I had trusted, but women go there for all types of things. And I remember looking around the room and I had seen, there was probably, it was 7.30 in the morning, probably 40 women, like the, the waiting room was packed and everyone's in their work clothes and everyone is getting good news, bad news, but they're just all doing it. They're just doing it. And I thought, A, I'm in, in the presence of, of a group of really strong women, but I think, I don't want to even just say as women, but I think when we are going through something hard, we just, we do it and it's, it saves you in a way. And I think work really did save me because it's such a big part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And I look back on that now and feel, um, I feel not resolved, but I feel like it, it really helped, um, you know, cause you need that distraction and just saying about social media, all these things, distractions can be amazing and they can be detrimental. And it's usually a combination of both. Yeah. So, um, and well, I, I think what you're saying is yes, consistency and habitual work is important, but also if you're struggling with something and you're quote unquote, not good at getting pregnant and that's the way that we internalize it, right? Like that's yes. not what it is. Of course, we know that there's so much more at play, but I know that that can be the the looping thought. And so, if you go to work and you're praised at work, or you're having a good time, or you're not, you're getting shit done. Like, of course, we need that. We need wins. Like, we can't just be like in loss all the time. We need wins totally. And yes, that's such a good point. And. There is this this internal conversation. I've talked to many friends and people who've gone through something similar that, yes, as a woman, like that you're not able to do this or you're not good at getting pregnant or your body is letting you down. There's so many conversations that are going on up here. Um, And I think I mentioned this to you. I had seen um, this. I want to call him a scientist, this guy named Michael. Um, He's amazing for anyone who wants to learn more about him. He uses sound waves to connect with your body. And a friend of mine from work who had had a similar experience said, you need to go see him. And what he does is he puts, he's, he's in New York. Um, he has a, a studio there. He puts headphones on you and he communicates through your body in sound waves, um, your entire body and your brain. And one of the things that he said to me that I think about all the time, he said, your brain is a war zone right now and you need to stop blaming yourself because it's not your fault. And he was so right. And it wasn't my fault, but we can't help but feel that way. Um, And it's much easier, obviously, to talk about. I wish that I could have told my future self that things always work out. They, They work out and they work out the way they're supposed to. I guess I shouldn't have phrased it like that. Things don't, things work out in the way that they are supposed to. And it might not be the future that you're looking for or, you know, the, the outcome that you had pictured in your mind. But for me, I basically had told my, my mind that it wasn't happening. I basically, when I had the second miscarriage, I said, this probably isn't in the cards for me. And it wasn't until I saw him that I thought, 
I need to change the conversation mm. in my brain because if I don't, I'm, it's not do it's not going to be good for my relationship. It's not going to be good for me moving forward. Cause no matter what the future holds, it's pretty hard to hate yourself for something that you didn't do. Right. But I know this now. Mm, it's just so, it doesn't matter who told you and how they told you and what modality it, it was through, you know, like you needed to hear that so badly at that time. And, and retrain the frequencies, which, you know, the thoughts that we're putting out there, they go into the field and they are literally frequencies. We're just emitting things all the time. We're electromagnetic. That's kind of how we're wired. I've been listening to a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza for that perspective is so interesting to think about. No, like the brain actually, what we emit from the brain does connect to the quantum field. And that's why manifestation is a thing. And that's why, you know, uh, we create our own reality. Like there is actual scientific evidence and research behind that. So you basically getting that moment to like record scratch, take a beat, have somebody work on you and kind of help you in that moment. Like, that was divinely guided. And I'm so glad that you, because I know you always talk about Michael and I do want to link his stuff yes. here because yeah. I know that you always tell other people who are going through the 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 struggle of getting pregnant that um that resource and you're you're you have um you have some uh significant Gemini placements. So you're very much like a wealth of resources. <laughs> you're so good at oh, that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, you're in my head now all the time from um, the TikTok that you just made about, I'm watching you and you're saying, are you that friend that always tells people, you know, gives advice, take a beat, <laughs> ask people if they want your advice. And I'm not kidding you, all Thanksgiving weekend, I was thinking about it. And I, I said to my sister, we were talking about something. I said, would you like my advice? <laughs> and she kind of looked at me like, Oh, I've never heard this before because <laughs> I'm usually just <laughs> spitting it <laughs> Letting out. Letting it rip. But yes, I'm, I'm right. I'm happy to give them the information on Michael. And and by the way, it's not just obviously for pregnancy. Um I've had I had a um a colleague go to go to him for some thyroid. Um she was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um and she she went to him and he just spoke about um you know all sorts of things that mm -hmm. she you know that it, it really it really like put, you know put the puzzle pieces together for her so um you know obviously fertility is something that i think he's used to seeing but it, it could be for all types of things but on his website just to piggyback on what you're saying about um joe dispenza his website i think the first sentence says our brain powers what happens in our physical body or it's something along those lines. And it's so true because we obviously see these things play out when it comes to um, for better or for worse for me. Um, when I was going through all of these struggles, my, I truly felt like my, what was going on in my brain was hurting the, my, my physical cause because I was playing out every terrible scenario you could possibly think of. And it certainly wasn't helping. Um, I'm not saying that it's a full, you know, it's a full, um, you know, source cause, but I think our brains absolutely like what we're talking about, which is why 
keeping, you know, like you're saying, group think and, you know, positive thinking and really honing in on what you want and keeping that in your the front of mind is so incredibly important. I feel like that's the way I live my life now is really trying to stay on course. And when I do start to get anxiety or when I do start to create these ideas in my head that aren't real, I quickly, I'm like, change the channel, change the channel on that thought. That's the phrase that I use. Um, change the channel on that thought because it, um, it, do, it doesn't do us any good. If I, if there's bad news that I have to deal with, I'll deal with it, but creating an idea in my mind doesn't help me and certainly doesn't help the outcome, right? We need to be putting, you know, positivity to whatever we want. It's so true. It's just, I was just talking with my friend who's pregnant and she was up on the test for, I think where they're looking at the chromosomes and kind of, you know, you can see if yes. um, your child has downs or other, you know, chromosomal deficiencies. And I said, how do you feel about that test? And she was, she's a triple sad. So she like literally doesn't give a fuck about anything, but like, I'm not, I'm not saying she doesn't give a shit about being pregnant or a child, but she was like, I, I mean, what can I do? Like, what would that help me to like, think about the, the worst case scenario now? Like, I, you know, I'll deal with it when I hear the results, but I'm not going to worry about it until then. And I was like, wow, what a novel concept. I was like, <laughs> it's, I love that. Well, I need to take a page out of her I think book. about her constantly. <laughs> like there are certain times where I like really internalize other people's opinions or, you know, right. and I just think, what would Marcia do? She would, she would literally oh, not she, give a, she's, a light. <laughs> she's amazing, but I, I she's amazing. <laughs> okay. I, I thought when you started saying her, I thought that's, that sounds like her. I mean, I only met her once, but she's wonderful, <laughs> but yeah, it, Hey, it's, so much of life is a loss of control. It's like, what can we do? We can do things to help guide the way. Um, but ultimately, it, it is what it is. And if you're, if you can live in that, yeah, like it, it's, it's powerful stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm envious. It's also something I feel like, um, triple Sag. I love that. But, um, you know, I'm so still so connected to my Sagittarius, but um, <laughs> yes. for I feel like for normal people, I don't want to say normal, obviously we're all different, but that's it's, that's such a daily practice. That would be an hourly practice for me, just right. Yes, because it so it's a double edged sword because I think what we're also talking about is like you know the benefits of that are being attuned to someone else's like emotional state and I'm Marta is really attuned she just doesn't take it on so it's just kind of like having that barrier or boundary because she has to like she also is in shout out to Marta I'm gonna send her this episode when <laughs> it comes out but um you know she's a She's in people's physical space um, all the time. Uh, she's a hair hair stylist, right. you know, hair coloring yes. and and like painting somebody's literal physical head. And she's talking to people. It's like very therapist style work, you know. Totally. And so you do need to have that barrier just to like physically function. Like you can't like you're hearing about you know miscarriages and divorces, and you're you're hearing about great stuff too. But I mean, most of the time, I feel like people are telling the people doing their hair, like the nitty, like what we're, what you were kind of looking from, from strangers on the internet, right? Like 
like this kind of no pressure, no judgment zone where you're just going to let it rip. And totally. you cannot physically like the amount of energy that goes into your body is just too much. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's funny, you know, our, our mutual friend, Brooke, is um, a nurse now, um, which is so amazing. Shout, Shout out, out to Brooke. To Brooke. Went back to school. Um, but, you know, I say to her, I don't know how you do it. Um, being at work, taking on so much. I mean, just the, the, the physicality of being with, you know, someone's worst day. And having that be your entire day is a lot. And I give her a lot of credit. She still finds the empathy, um, but she's able to compartmentalize a little bit. I'm sure that's what Marta does. I'm sure that's what she does because you have to. You have to figure out a way to. um, And you know what? People appreciate it too. They don't need, um, you know, when I was telling strangers or trying to interact with strangers, I don't know what I was, I may be looking to be heard, um, but not necessarily needing so much back, Mm -hmm. but kind of just to like feel seen in an, you know, in a situation where I was trying to bury this as much as I could, um, which is what I think we do. So yes. And I've told my hairstylist far too much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am not worthy. They 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 do. They know everything. They, so um, <laughs> their hair is all of our hair is full of secrets. Yes, <laughs> that's There's good. Something about that. I don't know. It's good because Tina Fey wrote it in Mean Girls. But yes, that's. Uh, I I think it's an interesting thing to just go back to what we were speaking about a little bit earlier. You know, this idea that we're going to tune into the frequency that feels most productive for us. And we, as humans, whether we're conscious of it or not, we're going to try to seek out a person or an environment, depending on how we're wired, to help us get into that frequency. And there's also mm-hmm. studies that have been done around like harmonious environments. And you know, the, the most harmonious environment needs to be your mind. Yes. So meditation is great for that. But also, you know, can you declutter your space or can you like organize your physical space so that when you're looking around, you feel like good and um, and I know for me, that's like super, super important. Um, but the idea that you went to work and work made you feel good or more empowered or more productive. And so therefore you had like a more harmonious brain channel at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I always think about people who are going through something that's really challenging, right? Like this was my moment and believe me, I know there will be more. Um, but I was in this challenge for probably, I would say a year and a half. Um, and then to, you know, not to mention my pregnancy with Blake was very challenging. So add that amount of time onto, um, the struggle and, You know, I think about people who have, you know, something really bad, whether it's a terminal illness or they're going through a divorce or whatever it is, we're humans and we figure out a way to adapt and we figure out a way to keep moving forward. I think that's the best part about being human um, is is the adaptability. And I think me personally, um, 
and we can talk a little bit about my my astrology, but I think that falls in line with who I am, like my actual makeup. I'm a super adaptable person. And I've found in all of this that that's one of the qualities I like the most about myself. Um, <laughs> there's certainly things that I don't, but I think that is something that has carried me and will continue to carry me is like being able to just be nimble yeah. and roll with the punches. You definitely are. And you have, so Carly's got a Gemini rising, but also a Sagittarius sun. And both of those, if you go back to the episode, the astrology 101 episode, both of those are mutable signs. So the key factor, you, you walked right into this of a mutable sign is adaptability connectivity, you know, taking disparate things, bringing them together, coalescing, like that's a mutable signs dream. So the fact that that's what you're taking away from challenging situations is like, okay, we keep it moving. We keep it, you know, we keep making meaning. We keep moving forward. You know, I think something that Gemini and Sagittarius, which are opposite signs have in common too, is the want to share your resources, your advice, your thoughts, you know, the things that have coalesced for you. And if that can be helpful for someone else, fantastic. Um, but like you said earlier and why I made that TikTok, like it's a double-edged sword because not everybody's ready for your advice, not everybody wants to hear it. Um, and you probably can relate at points in your struggle that if someone had given you unsolicited advice, probably why you didn't tell a lot of friends, it could have derailed you or made you feel worse or, or shitty. So uh, you have to be ready for it at the end of the day. Completely. I, yes. Um, I find that in this, you know, this constant lesson that I'm learning, thanks to you. And I, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> It's a good one. I, I I needed to hear it. And you know what? It's funny. I would love to learn about my more about Phil, about my husband, about his placements and signs, because we know he's Aries' son. Um, but he has that same, he, he loves giving advice and he's super logical like me. And so the two of us together are just like the armchair experts of everything. And we'll sit and we'll just, you know, make our own assessments about you know, everyone and everything and work and how it should be. But you're totally right. If it were reversed, I would, um, I would feel that it's, um, it probably would have felt really sensitive to yeah. me if someone had done that to me in the time where I just, not only did I not want to hear it, I had already made up my mind that this was not going to happen or no one has ever been in a situation like me. That was a big mm. one. I thought, Oh, people have gone through their struggles, but they're not going through what I've been through. Right. Um, and so I I would have taken someone's advice as like, oh, that's nice, but it it doesn't make sense. So I really try to tread lightly when it comes, especially when it comes to that topic, um, because I understand um, how that feels. Like I... I I totally do. The um, kind of adage, again, this is Marta's episode. I guess she, I should invite her on. But um, her dad says something yeah. that I really love and I think about it often is you're special just like everybody else. Like just kind of implying that like, yes, you're amazing and you're directly from, from, from source or God or whatever your language is. But so is your partner, your neighbor – the guy on the street, the guy in the bodega, like the, like your friend that you're talking to, like. 
I love yeah. that. I'm going to use that too. Thanks, Marta's dad. <laughs> Walter. Shout out, Walt. Um, yeah, it really is true. It's it's, But it's hard in that struggle, and that's a low-frequency emotion, right? Like isolation, you know, really believing that you're the only person who not only understands your struggle but can help you out of it. Um, and when you're coming from that place, it can be really hard to attune yourself. And that's why I think like environments, you know, going to work or going to Michael or, you know, having conversations that can kind of lift you into a different frequency are, are really important in those moments of struggle. So I'm just glad we have those. Yes. I think the feeling helplessness, the helplessness feeling and feeling like you had no control. I think that's a big obstacle that I've learned in all of this is like a loss of control and in talking to my therapist and really understanding a little bit more about how I am, I'm much more of a control freak than I think I let on. We talked a little bit about this in our session, but I think in being Sagittarius sun, the world has let me know how cool and carefree I've been my whole life. And this is something that um, we spoke on and I know that you had, you know, made a video on it. Um, it completely makes sense. I've been told my whole life how easygoing I am and how, um, you know, go with the flow, life of the party. I do have those qualities, but it's such a small part of me in, in reality. Um, I think Sagittarius and Gemini obviously have, um, I don't even want to say similarities, but there's definitely some yeah, there's some crossover. Um, <laughs> there's some crossover. And I think being a great communicator and, you know, which is a, is a quality of a Gemini and then being life of the party, it's like, okay, they're friends here. Like this, this all makes sense. Um, but there's so much more to me. Um, so I think in realizing like, oh, I actually do try to control the situation a little bit more um, than maybe I had always told myself that I was so easygoing. Not so easy going, but I think we discovered that that's really more from all my Capricorn placements. Yeah, I was just going to say that Please. you have a Capricorn stellium and Capricorn stellium, you know, you also have a Capricorn um, opposition with your uh, Cancer moon. And so this is, that is the axis of parental guidance. Like if daddy is Saturn ruler of Capricorn, then mommy is the moon ruler of cancer. And so if you think about it, you know, if you think about parental uh, advisory, you know, control is definitely a word you might use for your parents, but there's parameters, right? Like we want like boundaries and we need like sort of um, a structure of the household. And if you think about that as a more of the dichotomy of not necessarily control is, you know, the one end of the spectrum, but also the other end of the spectrum would be like nurture or, you know, like I'm giving you these rules because I care about you because it's going to keep you safe or it's going to keep you thriving. That is kind of what I would think about a little bit more than leaning and in, leaning into control. Yeah. I, I, I see that. And actually, when I looked over our session again, um, I feel like probably a lot of the people who listen to you, I hope, um, have done a session with Alex. If they haven't, they totally should. Um, even as friends, I was saying to, to you before we got on how amazing. I just obviously admire you so much, but I love the way that we talked about 
all of the different parts of like my astrological makeup because you translated it in a way that made sense to me. I do think a lot of times, like, of course, I think like a lot of people, especially I'm sure people tuning in here, if you look at your chart or you put it in on a service online, it's really hard to translate what it really means. And I think you did a great breakdown of, you know, all the different parts of me, which, you know, it's like, it's, it's so much more than sun, which we obviously know, but it's like, how do these, how do all of these things come together? Because they're in a, they're in a, like a friendship together, right? For that makes up yes. me. So it's like, how do all these things come into play? Um, and it was really great re-listening to, you know, a lot of the points that you made. Um, and I, I probably will have to listen again in six months and just remind myself. <laughs> and I mean, we were also talking about it in context of you in this transitionary phase in your career, you know, having been out on maternity leave and sort of assessing what it is that you wanted to do next. And so we were really using your chart as an opportunity to dig deeper into what makes you tick. You know, what are the things that are important to you? How do you show up at work? You know, what are, these are things you all intrinsically know and you're observing based on your environment, but are there any details that we can see from your astrological chart? We didn't look up your human design, but we could have looked up your human design that like can help you sort of get yourself into a space where you're aligned and you're assessing the next step in your career based on that. So bypassing sort of yeah. all the, I don't know, noise of you get into a certain career groove, you get into a certain industry. Um, maybe we think that that's all there is, or that's all the possibilities that are available to us. And that's just not true. You know, you get to choose. You get to choose. And I think another great reason why you were so great to do the session with is because you have that um, corporate background. Um, and especially as that was the topic I wanted to talk about work and job. Um, it's great to understand, yes, like there are certain things about my career that I've loved and I've lived a million lives in New York. I've, you know, done a bunch of different things in fashion and being creative. And I had my own brand at one point and my husband has a brand and, um, you know, just lived a lot of different like iterations of myself. Um, but I think ultimately after re-listening to the session, I think honing in on my skill, which is being a great communicator and being able to connect with people. As I look to my next opportunity, which I am, this is something like I see something different for myself. I've had such a great run with what I was doing. I worked for a major real estate company for many years and it was great. And I have a lot of gratitude and um, I've worked with amazing people. Like, you know, I love, I love the people I work with. I love the work I was doing, but now what I've realized is whatever I do next, honing in on my connectivity and being a great communicator and really being able to feel like I notice in a conversation, I can really dissect how the other person is feeling and get in there. And that's something that um, that's something that I'm, I'm proud of and that I know is part of my makeup. Like it's just something I can do. So whatever industry it is and whatever the role is, if the base is that, 
I know I'm going to be happy because it's, I also find happiness in connecting. And there are a lot of jobs now, like we're living in kind of a scary world, right? Like I had done marketing and social media for such a long time. Well, a lot of these things are getting automated or they're, you know, they're changing direction or they're scaling down or taking less senior people, whatever it may be. So being a people connector is actually something that can't be automated. Being someone who connects, it's, we can't put it in chat GPT. <laughs> chat GPT, I can't even talk. <laughs> GPT. <laughs> I, we we can't. can't. No, you're so right. That is something that will never be obsolete and the ability to, you're a connector. So like, I think beyond like just being great at communication, you're also somebody that connects people together. You connect people who need a certain um, thing or, you know, you could consider that with a job or I think, you know, you've been in partnerships too. I think partnerships is like so clearly not going to be automated or AI, right? Because it's just so nuanced. Um, and there's certainly suggestions that can AI can make our lives a little bit easier. But I think at the end of the day, having that human to human component is not only your zone of genius, but like is always going to be a human skill. Um, that aside, I actually wanted to talk to you about this because I don't know that we've ever like totally made this big connection, but you've been an entrepreneur, you've worked with entrepreneurs, and you've done the corporate world, very structured jobs, you know, working for a large real estate firm and then also running your own, you know, uh, fashion brand and kind of a lot of things in between. Have you felt that like the entrepreneurial lens that you have has helped you in your corporate experience and vice versa? Have you felt like the corporate structure has helped you as a entrepreneur or working with entrepreneurs? I think for me, it's a big part of it has been um, <clears throat> has been different times in my life. I've needed different things, right? So I think being an entrepreneur, I was really in this like age of exploration. It was when Phil and I had probably only been together for a few years, um, and I was watching him on this entrepreneurial journey, which was so amazing. Um, he had already been in business with Reason for a few years, but there was a turning point um, for Reason, which inspired me to, um, you know, create Bomi, which was my first brand, which um, was really great. It was a headband company, and that was inspired after Phil and I went to Tokyo, um, which was like a life-altering trip. So in that space and time, I was just in a I was in this like age of exploration for me. And so I think a lot, you know, letting my creativity out and allowing me to kind of um, be at the, you know, that have the head seat was really crucial. And I think taught me a lot on um, structure and balance and actually all the things that my corporate job, um, you know, you need in order to do a corporate job. So it's like, you know, when you're at the helm and it's your business, no one cares about it more than you. Um, and I think that's a lesson that every entrepreneur learns and knows. And um, that can be challenging, right? Like just being, you know, you are, how successful you are is entirely dependent on you. And so 
when I also had my social media consulting business, it felt the same way. It was like whether I was going to grow the business or what I was going to do or what shoots I could offer or what, whatever it was, it was really, it was me or nobody. Um, and so I think then kind of switching when I did and fully immersing myself into corporate, the corporate universe, um, it, the pressure is off in somewhat of a way, but what you don't realize is the pressure is actually on all the time. It's just feels different. Um, no, it's not my money or my business, but you are receiving pressure as if it were from everyone around you. Um, so I feel like, and again, and in the age and stage of life that I was in my corporate universe, I needed it. I needed, I needed the community. I needed the resources again, going through all of these things, miscarriages, pregnancy. Um, it was amazing to have great, you know, benefits with my job and, you know, able to take a day off if I needed to. It's like, you know, you're an entrepreneur, no days off, you know, not really <laughs> fun, <laughs> fun all the time. So um, as I look at the future, um, I don't know what my need is going to be. Um, as I look at both, I think I see both paths being available to me and maybe both, maybe one and then the other. Um, but ultimately, I think it's cool to be able to see both just like you did. Yeah. Like you, you see both. And ultimately for you, I feel like it's been, I think, really rewarding being your own boss. I know probably depends on the day, yes. right? There are certain days where I'm like, could someone else make this decision? But <laughs> but to your point, I do think that it's interesting that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial life kind of hit you younger in your age and in your career because what you're saying is, okay, it taught me that I have to take responsibility. I have to have ownership and I have to see something all the way through. Then you went into a corporate environment and you were more grateful for the fact that certain things were already figured out for you. There was more structure for you to walk into. And then, yes, of course, the benefits, both literally in health benefits, but also the benefits of being paid on a regular basis and having like somewhat of a predictable salary and increases and all of that, you were more grateful for it. Versus like me, where I was so fed up with corporate culture and the structure, and I just couldn't wait to get out of there. Now, as an entrepreneurial four, four years in, um, I miss the structure. I miss the benefits. Totally. I miss some of those things <laughs> that I had. And at this stage of my life where you know I want to become a mother and I don't have health insurance, you know, like I, and it costs a lot of money to get it on a, um, on the free market. Uh, I, I'm going to get it everybody, but you know, just it, those things you kind of don't appreciate until it, it, it's some sort of happy medium of the amalgamation of both things, you know, that, that we need as human beings. And, um, but yeah, I, I definitely didn't appreciate how much I had when I had it now, seeing it on the on the other side wouldn't change it but still totally. it is a it is a nice perk it is a nice perk but i think you i don't want to say make a deal with the devil <laughs> but it's a it is a perk until it's i was finding i do a um, one a day journal 
Um, I don't I know. I just if, started if, doing that. Right. I shouldn't call one the, the five yes. year journal. And it my has friend the five just got years. it for, for me and another friend of mine. I it's changing my life. It's amazing. You will look back. So I'd funny enough started it in COVID and I'd only did it for about three weeks and then I stopped. And so now I, I tried to be very diligent and, and I did it all throughout my pregnancy with Gemma and I've continued to do it. When I reread the 2020 um, days, I was crying laughing. <laughs> First of all, it was my one a day was like P. I was calling Phil P. P is in a bad mood. <laughs> like just like talking so nonsense. But it was in the lockdown. So it was just like such a weird time, but it brought me back and made me laugh. But what I was finding in these last couple months prior to my maternity leave, that my one sentence a day was about work. And it, like mm-hmm. it, in a negative, it was about work. It was, um, you know, drama at work today, more layoffs had an upsetting call at work. That was my one sentence about the day. Mm. Meanwhile, I have this beautiful child at home um, who is doing funny things every single day. And I'm not saying this was consistently every day, but it was it was an unhealthy amount where I was like, this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't worth it. None of this matters. And what's funny is I've looked back and read, I don't even remember what the issue was because it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. That, um, that's interesting. It's just a one line a day because my Mm. journal is like you, it's called the delight journal. So you have to, you don't have to do anything, but you're probed to put down something delightful that happened that day. And what it trains the mind to do is find the glimmers and the silver linings and the wonderful things that happen that in that day versus the the negative or the drama or whatever the case may be. So it actually does neuroplast- neuroplasticity of the brain says that that actually is what retrains our brain to look for the good instead of looking for the negative or looking for the thing we want to fix or the flaw. So I wonder if now you just decide that it's just going to be a delight journal from here on out. And if that changes things, I'm sure it's already naturally, it's probably naturally become more of a delight journal anyway, because you're happier with your life, but. Totally. No, I'm going to completely reframe this now. Um, I'm not going to get a new one because no. we got to just, just keep it going. The, the COVID ones are too priceless, but um, <laughs> no, I'm going to completely do it that way. And you know what? It's funny with, being on maternity leave and not having that, the way that my days, I don't want to say that my days feel different, but taking on again, when we're talking about transferring energy, when you can really control the energy of everything around you and everyone around you. And you, you know, my world's been a little smaller over the last couple of months with smaller people and, and really just a smaller group of people around me a, the control has been there, right? Because I can kind of control the atmosphere and I'm not taking in all of that outside energy that I think was giving me so much um, grief, you know, when when I was, you know, in this really stressful time at work, like many of us are, you know, have been right now. It's just been 
you know, a challenging, I would say two years. Um, so I'm definitely going to think of it different. That's so funny that you just got this. It will serve you. You will be so happy. Just keep up with it. Cause sometimes I forget. And then I'm like, I need to catch up yeah. for the week. I Try I'm to be consistent. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been great so far. And I, I appreciate what you're saying too about like having, look, that's working from home, right? Like for better or for worse, you know, it is your environment. You have control over what the kitchen looks like, what the, you know, closet looks like, what the, you know, shoes organization and all of that. And that's the double-edged sword of it too, because you're also never going to be able to keep up with your child's mess and you're never going to be able to keep up with the floor. And so at a certain point, you also have to kind of, I'm sure you've learned how to do this too, like let a lot go and not even see certain things, you know? <laughs> you let so much go, um, definitely on the kid front, but even just like, it's just, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's just, I, I feel like this is just a lesson that I'm learning. And yes, grass is always greener. I think the working from home in so many ways is just wonderful for keeping the energy really nice and and as you like it, right? Um, it is nice to connect with people. It would be nice to have, you know, I think we talked about this when I was um, pregnant with Gemma. I said, I was like, come to my office sometimes. We'll like workshop. And you were like, I'd love that. Like I, it's nice to like be around people. Um, so I think if the situation is work from home, it's how can I still find ways to connect like, you know, and, and get that energy when I choose to have it or with what's going to make me feel good. Um, and that's the beauty of having your own schedule and your own ability, you know, to make decisions. I was in an environment where it was be in the office, be seen, and there, there, there is no wiggle room here. Right. Um, and that's challenging. Totally. But yeah, like what we're saying, you know, there's just sort of these hybrid, which might be a dirty word now for people who like do have to go back into the office and are like not interested in that. But I do think that there's like that hybrid approach has got to be, I would imagine the the solve for having both. Like there are times the way that I'm wired I need other people. I need to bounce ideas off of other people. I get energy from other people. That's why I really love working with people one-on-one -on -one in my practice. But sometimes that's not even enough. Like sometimes I need to like go to a coffee shop and just be physically around other people. And I need to remember that because I can get into my funk. And instead of going to a coffee shop where I know that will wake me up, not only because of the caffeine, but instead I'll like take a nap instead. And maybe I need both, right? Like, but maybe I could find another way or just start to make paradoxical moves of what I would normally do working from home for four years. And now what I would do, you know, in a, in a, a new, like getting myself, I guess, to like a different paradigm, which is kind of something that I'm playing around with the concept on. And I think anybody who's in a transitional moment, like you're saying you are, you know, you need to do that too. There's like a certain set of habitual things that are need to be shaken up, whether that's social media, like we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, which you're shaking it up in a good way, right? Like I'm going to wake up and not get on hey. my phone. Um, 
but there, I'm sure there's also things that are keeping you kind of stuck or in like a pattern of, of sameness that you could, you could switch up too. Um, but you're adaptable. So I I doubt that there's like a ton of that, that you need to do, but (laughs) just something to think about. Well, it's funny you were just saying about these habits. I think a big one for people who work from home and I've obviously been at home with the girls is keeping a routine and like being physical, working out is something that's super important to me. And so what I try to do is around the same time every day, if I can, give myself 20 minutes. I do Megan Roop, the Sculpt Society, love her and love the workouts. She's slowness or cart, whatever you need. She has something for what you what you're looking for. And I think 20 minutes is completely manageable. And so I've been doing it. And I've been so proud. Like I'm like, wow, I'm making this, you know, this stride. And then over the last couple of weeks, I mentioned to you that I was sick. And it's so crazy how we can just poof. Like I, I think about the thought of working out like has been repulsing me, <laughs> which is so crazy. I was like basically thought that I was like, a, you know, like a fitness extraordinaire. And now I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm going to get there. But I think the big key is I don't even want to say showing up. It's finding what is possible and trying to create it, recreate some amount of routine with it. Um I think is key to being, to being at home and just being a person. We like routine. Um, We, we, we like somewhat of structure, which is also probably why I felt so happy and why you can look back on your corporate time and think of it in a room, you know, we romanticize it and like, Oh, that was nice. But ultimately I think it's just the routine and feeling comfortable and the safety security of it all. Yeah. And if we can make that for ourselves, um, makes a huge difference. Totally. Yeah, you're right. We are we are definitely creatures of habit and just what kind of habits are you centering in your day? You know, if it's physical exercise, if it's intellectual stimulation, not from an app, but from a book, you know, how could that ever go wrong? And that will always like continue to expand you into different levels. And I agree with you that there's something about a 20 minute workout, which I did earlier too, um, on Peloton. But like, there's something about 20 minutes where it's like, I can obviously do 15 is like Paul's, you know, paltry, but 30 isn't possible. Like you can always find 20. I think. That's kind of the way I think of it. 20 minutes, like you can take 20 minutes out of your day. And sometimes what I used to do with Peloton, we still have one. I'm not been consistent about it at all. But I, I love it. I mean, you can't get a sweat like that doing anything else. But what I would do is try to do 20 minutes. And then if I could add on more, if I was like, I've got the energy, I would then do it. But there would be no universe that I would do a 30. <laughs> and Phil, Phil would do a 45 every time. And I'd be like, you're nuts. How, how do you? It's- and he would say it's not worth it to him to not do Well, if the you big think workout. about it, like you and I are both have a lot of mutable in our chart. So like we would prefer, and I, I have a lot of Capricorn, well, I have a Capricorn rising. I mean, hence the name of the podcast, but like I like efficiency and I like variety. So, you know, I think like a 20 minute, great. We both kind of have similar placements, right? 20 minute, great. And then 
I like variety of being able to choose different music or different instructors or, you know, having some sort of like variety in the workout, but it's the same 20 minutes or it's the same sort of, you know, company or structure, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we find whatever works for us. I actually did this. I'll link it in the show notes. I did this cute little, but it actually had a lot of truth to it, um, article with this company called A Sweat Life on like does your zodiac like choosing a workout based on your zodiac sign but we broke it down into um you could look at it for like your rising your sun or your moon and people read it the people who read it like I feel like we're like this is kind of spot on and it was it was cool to think about like what are we all motivated by and what is important to us it's all a little bit different so it goes back to the point of the advice right like it's not a one size fits all when we're looking for a workout or the structure to the day everybody's going to be wired a little bit different so can this like help us just to, to spark that um that structure for ourselves oh i want to i want to explore this it was kind of um cool. and yeah it is cool and Yes. I think like just in our conversation, talking about my experience and everything that I went through and, you know, all these, you know, us doing our session, all these things, I think just like if there's a takeaway, which it's, yes, we are all, we're, we are such individuals and not everything is going to work for me, for you, where we can connect and find you know, things that could be helpful. That's wonderful. That's part of the human experience is, you know, finding connection and finding things that make us feel more comfortable or better. Um, But ultimately I'm on my completely different own wave. And so are you. And so is everyone. And that's the beauty of it. But we have to like be reminded of that. And I think especially as women um, just reminding ourselves that our, our paths and who we are and what we become are very, very different. Right. And it's beautiful. It is beautiful. But it's a daily daily struggle and daily, um, you know, it's the duality, right. right? It's it's beautiful and, you know, I don't want to say upsetting, <laughs> but it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. We're tired. <laughs> this is like a mom wrap up. You're like, it's beautiful. And also I – my kid's up from her nap and I'm going to wrap yes. this up. I also was last yes. thing I was just going to say, um, Lindsay said this before she was about to give birth, like in our episode, but she was like, mothers need to be like, so my sister has, you know, every mother I've ever spoken to has, has confirmed this, but like mothers need to be like so diligent with their time and really value like the short little pockets or, you know, really have to plan the flow. (laughs) Like you can't just necessarily, you could just go with it, but you could also structure it. And I think it depends on the person, but you just wrapped it up so beautifully because you have to, you know, it's nap time's over. Yeah, And uh, so is this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I love you. Thank I feel so honored for, for, for you having me on. Thank oh you. Gosh. And by the way, we didn't even talk about your branding. I'm obsessed. Oh, thanks. Thank you. How are you feeling? So much more aligned. I just feel so much more aligned. And like, I also love branding. Like, I 
you're good Thank at you it. So much. You had a yeah, vision. It's just like I think I need to stop like rebrand. Like I'm not going to rebrand my own company anymore. Well, if we do any other brand, it would just be under the umbrella. But, um, but yeah, you know, like the branding, creative process is so much fun, and. I just, I think secretly, like it was out of alignment, my old branding, but like, I, I think I secretly just wanted to, to brand again because I have so much fun doing it. <laughs> well, think about it this way. You created High Priestess, you've lived it for the last couple years, and now you know so deeply who you are and what the brand is that this makes way more sense. Yeah. It's actually funny, Phil's creating a new brand and yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's like they're they're workshopping the name and they're it's like a very cool concept and idea. It's like more about like one of a kind pieces, you know. It's it's gonna be interesting. I'll I'll obviously share with you when it comes out. But he said something funny. He was like, Oh, well, like this is what it is now, but like if it means something else later, we'll just change the name, no big deal. And I thought, no big deal. And then I thought, no, it completely makes sense. Once they develop it, it might become something entirely different and you change the name, who cares? It, yeah, it's it's interesting though because there's also those brands that have been around for forever and the name does mean something. And so it's kind of difficult at the same time to like build brand equity if you're changing things all the time. So I think about it a couple different ways. You know, like can you do something like, um, I don't know, like – I think of reason on the same level as like Supreme, right? So like, and I know reason does this too, but just like collaborations and like, okay, you're working with other brands to sort of change the current brand, but you're not losing the brand equity. And yes, I think that's important too. Well, reason's a good example of a brand that's had longevity, yeah. right? So reason would never change its name because it's, intrinsically connected to like the identity of the brand and the line. But that's also why Phil and John, his business partner as creatives, they want to create different lines now because their lives have changed. Their styles have changed. They're, you know, they want to workshop other things in because they have more ideas to give and they want to do something fresh, but it can't fall under reason. Right. So who knows? Capricorn Rising, you know, there could be sub brands yeah. of you, right? Yeah. Depending on when it is. And I think for them, I mean, Phil's 37 and he's been in business since he was 18 doing reason. So really so much change has come in that time. So it only makes sense that, you know, there's something new on the horizon just in a different way. Oh so. my gosh, totally. You know, this is making me think in so many different ways, but I really admire Phil as a business person. I feel like he's so intuitive as well and he's on the pulse and he is also like that's ahead of your time. I mean, he's been doing it for 20 almost 20 years and I feel like streetwear has made such drastic changes in that amount of time too. I mean, Supreme is well after Reason if we really want to compare the yeah. two, right? And I don't want to compare the two because I we were just talking about how comparison is the thief of joy basically, but um if you just look at brand trajectory and kind of like what that process looks like. I think it's 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 an interesting case study. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned Supreme. I just asked Phil about Supreme the other day, and he said 
you know, it's kind of the brand has taken on a little bit of a different, there isn't as much hype around it. People still love it, but it's very different now. And I think when you go like this, you know, what goes up must come mm -hmm. down. Of course, that's, you know, the laws of physics, yeah. right? <laughs> but, but for Phil, I think the reason that they have lasted, the reason is they have remained consistent. It hasn't always, it's, there's been a ton of up and down. They've remained consistent and they feel and understand what the consumer wants. And so they move and change with the times. And that's not a normal business model for retail. Right. Um, I think for some big conglomerates it is, but Reason has really turned in. They've really gone to the customer and like figured out what they want. Their salespeople are part of the design process. Their employees are part of the design process. Like it's very collaborative, um, which has allowed them to have longevity. And I will say, yes, shout out to Phil, my husband. He's Phil. What Phil's good at is he is, he's been, you know, obviously so loyal to me. We've been in a partnership for 12 years. He's been in this partnership with John for 20 years. Sticking it out. Mm -hmm is really hard. And for me as an entrepreneur, I ended up making the choice to not stick it out for the ventures that I was working on. Um, so I give him a lot of credit for, you know, for better, for worse, just like moving forward um, as he does. It's definitely part of like who yeah, he is. Yeah, me too. And yeah, wow, that is so true. The ebbs and flows of any great relationship thinking about how Michelle Obama had that really viral quote where she said, you know, we had, we were married for this. We've been married for 30 years. We've had 10 great years, some like 10 shitty years yes. and like a bunch in between. And, uh, you know, I'm butchering the quote, but I always think about that when you get to like these hard moments or the ebb and flow of a relationship or a business and you want to quit. And, um, I admire Phil a lot for that. And there's another quote that my client told me the other day. It's actually in for people in recovery through AA. They say, don't quit five minutes before the miracle. Love mm -hmm. that. And we really only learn from, from struggle. We learn from challenge. We learn from, we talked about that in the podcast with, with Nikki as well. Our brain literally doesn't learn from success. We learn from failures, from making mistakes, from make, taking missteps. Amen. Amen right? <laughs> so so true. true. And I'm sorry, there's construction on Yeah. The you know what? We've gone through quite a few different technical difficulties in this call and yet, and yet we didn't quit. And, and there was a miracle yeah. here, no. the multiple miracles. Yeah. I love you so much. Thank you for I spending you so that time Thank with you me. <laughs> It was my pleasure, seriously. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please consider subscribing and or writing a review on the platform you listened on. And if you know someone who would really benefit from this episode, please share. All resources discussed will land in the show notes along with our socials. And until next time. Talk soon.